When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As, as the great Bono would say on, on Sunday, bloody Sunday, it's been a lot of talk. We've heard some things. We've read some things. We know some things. I'd love to know on July 1 if we're going to hear about an eight-year extension for Rasmus Dahlin. I believe we are both under the impression that he is 100% without certainty looking for term of eight years and that magical number eight, eight figures, which would put him at 10 plus million. Yeah. It's an interesting, listen, I mean, we've been talking about Rasmus Dahlin and how far he's come uh, in his, in his short time in the NHL. He's still, he just turned 23 years old. He's just a kid. He's got a long, long, long way to go. Um, We talked about term. We talked about uh, the number you know, we're hoping we're sitting here hoping that he's going to sign for nine, nine, five, which I think is completely a little bit unrealistic. You're hoping that deep down inside that Kevin Adams can pull out, you know, something, a bag of tricks here, but there's so many defensemen, Seth Jones signed for nine, five, a couple years ago, you have uh Zach Wierenski signed for 9.65 a couple years ago. You have McAvoy, McAvoy who. 9.5. 9.5. Um, you have Darnell, Darnell Nurse, I think, is a 9.25. You have uh, a Hamilton, Dougie Hamilton, that's a 9.5. The point is this. Rasmus Dahlin, um, the, the other one is is Adam Fox, who signed for $9.5 million, and he won a, a Norris Trophy. That being said, that was signed Hale McCarr is up at nine. A little while ago. I think he won a Calder trophy. That's right. So it is not surprising to me with Gary Bettman coming out, talking about how the cap in the next four years, three, four years, is going to go up quite a bit. When you're talking about percentage and stuff, you know, it just makes sense. It makes sense that, you know, Rasmus Dahlin is going to be an eight-figure guy. Um, I would have loved for him to nine, sign for 9.5, but that's maybe a little bit wishful thinking. Well, but, I mean, I would love for him to sign for 9.9. I would love to see it under 10. I don't think that's going to be realistic. Yeah. Um, well, the negotiations, I can tell you this. The deal is not done. 
as much as you know we've read some things the 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 term of the contract the length of the contract i think is bang on um the number could be it's going to be, be over 10 million it's going to be over 10 million yes and and right now they're they're probably ironing out um a few things a lot of it maybe could be signing bonus stuff uh you know all those little things that go into a contract that make it what it is and uh so let me ask you this okay let's let, let 10.5 for rasmus darlene eight years tell me your thoughts right now a- initial reaction if it's if it's ten and a half million dollars i think i would be a little bit upset not even upset uh, does he deserve ten and a half million dollars he didn't deserve six when he got six that is true and I, I'm under the impression his his agents really pressed hard for that. Yeah, I mean, you you basically when he when he went and came out of his entry level deal, his first three years, and when he went to sign his next contract, I mean, I'm going to tell you, we all remember his third year in the league. It was disastrous. I mean, he played for a large part of that year, where I'm not even kidding you, he shouldn't even be playing in the minors. That's how bad he was playing. Now, was that coaching? Was that coaching philosophy? Was that how bad the team was? Was that, you know, Rasmus Dahlin was just not in a good place mentally? But I'm going to tell you this. Don Granado took this team over. And there was a significant change in in Rasmus Dahlin. Emotionally, mentally, physically, in the way that he played the game, he was allowed out of his cage, okay? And he flourished in a big way and ended that season the last 25 games of that season, he played very well, just like Casey Middlestat did and Yoki Haru played better. There's a lot of guys that were that were drowning. I, I, can, I, can I stop you there for a second? I, I I agree with you about Don Granado having a massive impact on him, but I would like to just, and I don't know why it all of a sudden changed, but Darlene got a lot more physical, which, come on. He might not have I'm not talking fighting, but he was always in the scrums. He was always starting the scrums. He was he was finishing checks along the boards. Like he was he was starting to become more of a prick to play against. And we yeah, saw him lay the shoulder a few times. That's and I think not that, what made him take the next step, as we would call no, it. No, but that is a that was a crucial step that I think he had to take personally personal growth as a player in the yeah. league. Well, listen, I mean, because you can talk we all about remember the Philadelphia game. We all remember the Philadelphia game a couple of years ago where yeah. we all complained that Darlene got punched in the head and no one did anything. Yeah, because well, you know, like he's, on a, he's on literally the softest team in the right. NHL. And right. you're talking about a, what, an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid at the time that was getting punched in the head by a, a tough customer, you could say it, from Philadelphia and didn't respond. Or or should he? Like, Rasmus Darlene hasn't fought his entire life. Like, what do you mean? He's going to come to the NHL at 19 years old and get punched in the head by a 25 year old. That's that his role is a fourth who line. Role. Who was it again? It was, uh, it wasn't Zach Ronaldo, I, I, was it? No, 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 oh. it wasn't. It started with an a, I think, or something like that. But, uh, um, anyway, you know, this, um, that that's not on Rasmus Dahlin. That's not on Rasmus Dahlin. We're talking about his physicality. That's that's a that's a small part of what we're talking about when we're talking about a ten million dollar hockey player. Um, his game flourished in the sense that when he when he started to deal with uh, um, Don Granado, and I don't know what the hell he said, but he said something. He said something to these guys 
to enlighten them and open them up to, to get that weight off their shoulder and just play freely. And whatever Don Granato did, he did, he did something great for Darlene and Darlene's been continuing to improve every single year since then. And now he's in a position where he's, you know, 15 goal score, uh, 37 or 73 point guy in 78 games. He was a plus hockey player. He, he laid one of the biggest body checks for the Sabres the entire year. That one that uh, it was bone crushing, bone crushing, you know, his, his game at, at a very young level or a very young age, he still got abilities to continue to get better. You know, you're starting to hear more about uh, his leadership, okay, and how he deals. Maybe he's a, a quiet leader. Maybe he um, leads by example on the ice. Um, we don't know. I don't know. I don't know the inside of that dressing room. Um, but uh, Rasmus Dahlin is is a hell of a hockey player. And when you talk about ten million dollars. You know, I don't, I don't, it, it's kind of where he should be because in the next eight years, the salary cap is going to go up tremendously. What if, what if this contract goes to 11? Yeah. If, it, if it's at 11, then I'm definitely going to not be um, happy. I'm not going to be happy at all. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just like, so it's like I was swallow, listening to, you could swallow 10.5 uh, uneasily. Maybe you not. I think ten not. million dollars the number for Rasmus Dahlin, and I would really hope that he's at that number. But if he was at ten point five, I'm gonna sit there and shrug my shoulders and go, "Shit, damn it!" I wish he was a little bit lower. But at the end of the day, it's five. What's five hundred grand? What's another five hundred grand? You know, so he he's a player that is a staple on your blue line. He's a staple on your blue line. On most teams, most teams around the NHL, you look at every single team in the NHL, there's always one guy that is an elite, and I mean elite, player on the team. Colorado's got Kale McCarr. You've got Vancouver's got the Hughes. You've got, you know, when you look at... uh, um, the Rangers have, uh, you know, a beautiful player in, in Adam Fox here in Buffalo because we suck so bad. You've been gifted two guys. As much as you're going to talk about Rasmus Dahlin and what he's done in the five years that he's played in the NHL, you cannot, you cannot forget the other first overall draft pick who's in his first year shown that he is going to be special. So we got two young men that need contracts and it's important for the team, this team moving forward to get these guys under long-term contracts. And one thing that I can say is that both players are very open to the long-term deal thing. It's now for Kevin, his, and his, and his crew to get these deals done, not that that's going to represent the player well, but also be favorable to the team moving forward for the next number of years. Can you somehow get them both eight years for under nineteen million? Yes, because that would be 
Yes. Ten and a half for Darlene and eight and a half for power or ten for Darlene and nine for power. Yeah, they, any which way you want to slice it. You know, it's easy. It's easy. And it's it's a lot easier to sit here right now and discuss a Rasmus Darlene contract. Um, if you were. If you were to take away this season that Rasmus Darlene just played and we were to we would all be talking about Rasmus Darlene making ten million dollars. I think everybody would be puking. Okay, that's it. that's the way it is. Last, you know, in 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 year four of Rasmus Stalin, he had thirteen goals and fifty three points. He was minus twenty two. That's not a ten million dollar hockey player. That's a really good hockey player, but that's not a ten million dollar hockey player. Rasmus Dahlin, in his fifth year in the league, at age twenty two, had a fifteen goal, seventy three point, plus twelve with ninety two penalty minutes. That is a 10 plus million dollar hockey player. So at the end of the day, if he gets 10 or 10 and a half million dollars for eight years, I don't give a shit because all I want to do is watch Rasmus Dahlin. Okay. So then so be the then cornerstone of, of the Buffalo defense for the next eight years. Because I feel like we've talked about this a lot. Give, then if we're if we're at that point and accepting that for Darlene, because about two weeks ago we were saying nine and a half, nine point well, seven. When we're you, talking nine and a half, that is it, I'm not even saying it's unrealistic. I'm saying there's players in the league. I can name you five guys right now that that signed for nine and a half million, but they signed it a couple years ago. Rasmus Dahlin is now two year removed. The, the league is in a better situation. The salary cap is going to be going up. All these things. It's the evolution of the game. Rasmus Dahlin now, two years later, is now going to st- is going to set another bar. It's not a nine and a half million dollar deal anymore or nine to nine and a half million dollar deal. Rasmus Dahlin is going to set a bar near 10, maybe even a little bit higher. But at the end of that, we're still in a very good situation here. But you also have to go and how, what's harder? to deal with Erasmus Dahlin, who's played five years in the league, who is starting to explode in his game? Or is it is it harder to sign a one-year player, a one-year player at age 20 that had a very, very good rookie season? Is it harder to sign that player? And I think it's harder to sign Owen Power. So if Owen Power is open to eight years... What's the max you'll give him? If I were to tell you the Sabres signed him to 8.75. Now you have. I think that's, I think it's steep. I think that's steep, but I think eight to eight and a half. I, I, again, I hate to say this. This is all about being realistic. Owen power, as much as we would all like to have him at $7 million. It's not realistic. Because Owen Power in his first year in the league played like he had played 10 years in the league. He had 35 points. He moved the puck exceptionally well. He skates. He's a humongous human being and only played one year in the league. He's got a comparable, and that was um, Shabbat from Ottawa. Ottawa turned around and signed this guy to an eight-year deal for $8 million. But that was years ago. That was years ago that Shabbat signed that deal. Owen Power is the new Shabbat. He is the new generation Shabbat. 
but Shabbat wasn't a first overall pick. Shabbat's not 6'6", 220 pounds. So if I were to sit here right now and say, you know, he's going to get eight and a half million for eight years, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Would I want that? No, I wouldn't want that. I'd try and get, I'd want him under less. But just like we talked about Rasmus Dahlin at nine and a half, that's wishful thinking. Well, I knew Shabbat, we weren't probably going to get him at nine and a half. Six percent of the salary cap at okay. eight million. Okay. Okay. So what's the cap going up to? 83? 82.5? Oh, I think it, it was. 80, I think it was at 83 and a half. So, okay. So or 82 ten, and a half. So if he's. But at, we're talking it's supposed to jump big time. In the next number of years, in the next three years, it's supposed to really jump. Like it's going to jump 10 million. Like you're going to have the salary cap. That's going to be 93 million, not 83. If, if you can't live with 70 million over 80 million, go fuck yourself. Well, you know, you can say that you can say that PD, but like, I mean, number one, if, if it's just, let's just say this, let's say that you were the parents of Owen power. And the Buffalo Sabres came to them and said, we want to offer your son an eight-year deal for $8 million. That's $64 million. Well, they wouldn't offer him that, so let's just say they came to an agreement for eight for eight. Now, what would I say? The parents are going to sit there and say, okay, that's going to take my son. Okay, hold on. What's the agent years old. First of all, what's the agent saying to the kid? I would want to know what the agent says to the parents and the kid first. Tell me what the agent says. Just tell me. Without... Prefacing this is anything. my whole point. Tell me what the, the agent point says. is when the parents because are offered this, the parents are going to say, you're going to sign that deal because that's going to take you to 29 years old and you're going to have $64 million in the bank. Okay. To end that. And then you're going to sign another eight year deal. That's going to be well over $10 million because the cap is going to skyrocket. So he's going to make a lot of money or you could sit there and be the Austin Matthews. Where I'm gonna I'm gonna sign shorter term deals to maximize my earning potential, but at the same time always, always have the ability to change and not be locked in for a long term uh, process with that team. Like listening to what Austin Matthews is gonna sign for, they're talking about him signing, um, you know, a three year deal. Some of them say four-year deal. They say he's not going to sign an eight-year deal. He doesn't want to sign an eight-year He doesn't have to sign an eight-year deal. He's going to maximize his money. He's going to be making $13 million. Is he worth $13 million? He's no. not worth more than Pasternak. Why'd he sign for 12? He's not worth more than Nate McKinnon. Why'd he sign for eight, uh, 12.6? Like Austin Matthews basically has the Toronto Maple Leaf by the balls. And what I'm saying is Owen Power has the ability to sign a long-term deal, but he also has the ability to sign a shorter-term deal, just like Rasmus Dahlin did a couple years ago. Rasmus Dahlin was making $6 million, and he didn't deserve it, but he still got it. What's Owen Power going to sign for if he signs a short-term deal? Seven. Okay. Three years at seven, $21 million. So why would he sign for eight for eight is what I'm trying to say. Well, three-year deal. Remember, remember the Warinsky 
structured contract where it was like, yep, he was like a six or seven million average. If I made, he made five million bucks. Didn't he make like three million and then maybe four million and then eight million or something? Oh, you mean the structure of the, the deal? Meaning, of it. like, so the, the last the, year when he had to be qualified, hit. he was he was qualified at a massive number. Yes, I understand what you're saying. So that's what I was thinking. Zach so Wierenski like he, signed for five million for three years. Yeah, and what was okay? Rasmus Dahlin went and signed for six million for three years. Was Wierenski's contract structure two million, three million, ten million? It was four four seven. Oh, four four seven. Okay. I guess my I I guess where we're going with this with Owen Power is I think he's going to be a lot harder to sign because. The earning potential for for him is is through the roof. So Darlene's you, deal is is five five point eight seven point two. Okay. Yep. Seven point two is. The, so I mean, uh, I, it doesn't qualifier. even seem like they even projected him to shoot up to be a nine or ten million dollar player. Because they're like, well, you know, if you're getting like seven point five eight on your next deal, you know, this yeah. that puts you in a good yeah. spot on an eight year deal. But now he's he's surpassed. Do you, that. Do, you, do you think that by the team signing him to a short term contract and not offering him an eight year contract, but offering him a three year deal, that it kind of not irritated Rasmus Dahlin, but sparked him? to become the player he is today? Or would he have been a complacent player playing on an eight-year deal? I mean, I would hate to, I would hate to pin that on a guy's character. Well, it's not really character. It's not really character, but let me tell you something. When you go and sign, let's just say hypothetically that he was, he would sign for um, an eight-year deal for eight million. I'm not saying your give a shit meter drops or or goes low, but you know when you're in the final year of your deal, you know that a lot of these hockey players always seem to have career years. Why is that? Why does Rasmus Dahlin go from 53 points to 73 points in one year? Why are we talking about Rasmus Dahlin all year long, talking about, man, he's he's... He's in a Norris trophy conversation. Why are we doing that in his last year? So you're saying because well, the there's payday for sure. For do you remember? Sure. Do you remember when you were with your hockey team back in the day, and we would do these uh, incentive uh, bonuses? Yeah, the incentive bonuses. Yeah, the incentive bonus. You you sit there, and we're, we're talking, you know, in in a standard for most hockey players, it's peanuts. But it's not about the money. It's about winning. It's about winning something. It's about winning what you're not supposed to get. And striving for something and pushing yourself. And I think it's important for players to have that feeling, that uncomfort, that you have to continue to play your best hockey. Now there's now there's players like Sidney Crosby that have that has been making his his number 80. million. He's been making it for an ungodly amount of years. And it hasn't changed the way he he plays. The way he prepares for the game of hockey. 
but there has been other players in the past that have fallen off. And I wouldn't say fallen off, but have not played to the standard of what their contract was until you got close to the end of it when he needed another contract. So all I'm saying is I think Owen power is, I don't know the young man, but what I have seen from him, he seems like a very special player. He seems like a great teammate. He seems like he's got a long way to go before he is at his peak. And if you're an agent, the parents we talked about a couple minutes ago, the parents are taking the eight for eight because that's a no brainer. The agent, the agent knows what they have in Owen power. The agent knows that Owen power is a market setter. They also know that in three years from now, the salary cap is going to go from 83 million to 93 million. So why lock in Owen power for five years after that? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes agents will leverage their current players to maximize the value of their players that are coming down the pike. 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 Yeah, down the pike. Oh, Do you think okay. it's down the pipe? I think it was. I thought it was down the pipe, but hey. Well, is it the New Jersey Turnpike or the New Jersey yeah. Turnpike? No, that's that's uh, that's a good one. Hold on, down the pike or down the pipe? Coming down the pike is the correct phrase. It's almost okay. like play it by ear or play it by year. I always thought it was play it by year until just like a few years ago. <laughs> if Rasmus Stalin signs for $10 million for eight years, I think I'd be pretty damn happy with that. You got that young man locked up in the best years of his career from age 23 all the way till he's 30, 31. Okay. Owen Power has one more year at $925,000. We're going to see um, him continue to grow as a player. But Owen Power is probably not going to hit his real stride until he's 23, 24. And from that point on, he is going to be a monster. He is going to be an absolute monster. You watch. Um, and he's going to deserve to be paid heavily. So I think that's why the the Buffalo Sabres would love nothing more than to get Owen Power on a long-term contract. Because it's going to bode well for them. Because you're going to get the best years of that young man's career from the age of 20 what is he 21 which is going to be his $925,000 contract ending and then you sign him for eight more years takes him till he's 30 years old I mean you're going to be in a hell of a situation but it's going to be interesting to see I think Owen Powers probably going to be in between eight eight and a half million dollars just is what it is I wouldn't be surprised if he signed eight for eight and a half and he's only played one year in the league. One year. And I can honestly say that I project that to be down the road a Victor Hedman-like type cap-friendly contract. Absolutely. 100%. Ultimately, what you're doing right now is if you give him $8.5 million for eight years, and then you add on that 925000 that he's going to make next year, you have him for nine years. So, I mean, you're going to be, you're going to be in a real good situation. I guess the next time we'll talk about this will be if we actually hear 
an actual figure because it sounds like eight years is the yeah. I think you're good. I think I think you will hear it. I think you know, for Kevin and, and the Buffalo Sabres, these two young men on defense, you already locked up cousins. You've locked you hit the home run. Like not even a home run. You hit a goddamn grand slam with uh with uh Tage Thompson. Okay. M- incredible year. You signed a very favorite team friendly contract with um Samuelson. Now to get these two young men on on the back end signed, sealed and delivered for the next eight years is going to be massive for this team moving forward because they're not done. They need to get better in some areas. And I hate to say it, it's going to cost them because they need to upgrade their defense. They have to upgrade their defense. And they're, they they need to look for a top four defenseman. It's going to cost them. And that's okay. If you want to get better in this league, sometimes you need to 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 put forth to to get the right player. But once they have those two contracts under under wrap and you know exactly what you're paying these guys, now you can focus your your thoughts on on a few other things. Vegas Golden Knights are by far a superior team. Um, I thought that Panthers were holding on by the skin of their teeth for a large part of the game. Thank God for the Conn Smythe uh, Trophy uh, winners is in the refs because their limelight last night, horseshit, just absolute horseshit. Just, oh my God, it's just so irritating they were watching these guys talk? call tic-tac freaking penalties. And Even the players were just so frustrated. They're just so frustrated. Like, what is going on right now? You got Paul Maurice. That's his face. It's like someone's choking him. He's getting so angry with watching some of these calls. They're just, it's it's frustrating when you're 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 trying to you're trying to battle and you're trying to win a game, and it's just you get these tic tac ticky tack penalties. And and Maurice isn't allowed to say anything in his post game press conference, or he'll get fined. But, I mean, they should find him for his face because basically what he's saying with his face is that it's an absolute disgrace that these refs are even involved in the game of hockey. I'm sorry, yeah. but it's absolutely true. He was disappointed. I, just, was, I was disappointed watching it. And they but, won. And they won the game, and he can still say that they were trash. Yeah. Yeah. What but a big game, to, though. We've talked enough about the refs. Like, Why are we making the refs the stars? They make themselves the stars. Right, but well, we got a series anyway. To well, be honest, big you, events. I mean, is it going to be a series? Like, I mean, holy shit, man! I don't really care. I just didn't want to sweep. I mean, listen, I, I I loved the story of the Panthers and their run. It's been great. Do I think yeah. it's over? I think it's over, but I think they'll still put up a little bit more of a fight. Maybe we get six games out of this. I'm banking on five. Well, who I, knows with this with this win last night? It just opens a can of worms that I don't think Vegas Golden Knights wanted. I think they're just like, these These are the types of things that you're going to look back on and go, what the hell? Why couldn't we just shut that game down and made sure that everybody was on the same page? And I'm not saying that they weren't on the same page in that goal, but um, well, man, Bob Rovsky had a little bit to say about it last night. He's the reason why they're there. Yeah. Like again, it, this goes back to the same thing. Who's the Conn Smythe winner? 
if you were going into this series, going into the series, the two the two top candidates were Matthew Kachuk and Sergey Bobrovsky. And then all of a sudden, Sergey Bobrovsky has forgot how to play goal, okay, in games one and two in Vegas. And you ultimately had a Matthew Kachuk who had, what, three, um, you know, 10 minutes misconducts. He's in the box. He's frustrated. He didn't pr- produce anything offensively. He made a big hit in game two, but that's basically all he did. But then all of a sudden in game three, in three you're back. Bobrovsky made saves. That shit that normal goaltenders are not making. And he kept them in it. He kept them in the game. And that's what you want with your goaltender is just allow your team to keep keep their head above water. And that's what they did. Because they were drowning the whole game. They were drowning. Matthew Kinchuk, possible con Smythe winner. What does he do? Pops in another one. Pops in another one for his team, just throwing the whole entire team on his back. Yeah. It's 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 insane. Because I'll tell you this: if you have the Florida Panthers win that game four, then this series is on. It is a completely clean slate series, best out of three, and Florida Panthers will have confidence like you can't even imagine. But if the Vegas Golden Knights win that, hate to say it, it's it's damn near as good as done. You can't go down 3-1. You're never going to climb back. In fact, I would love to know if a team has ever come back down 3-1 to one in a Stanley Cup final before. That yeah. I, I, I don't know. That was Florida's first ever Stanley Cup final win. Yeah, because they got swept. Yeah, against Colorado. In, in- in what what year was that? Do you you remember? Ninety six, I want to say. Yeah, ninety six. Remember who wristed the puck from the from the point? I think it was an overtime. It was a one nothing game, maybe. I will game say Ubi Croup. Oh yeah, you knew it. You knew okay. it. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve fifty two at the Instigator seventy six. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.